could be gone for 10 years. Presented by Women in Film and TV Vancouver, Vancouver International Women in Film Festival celebrates the best of women in cinema. Highlights are feature film premieres, local shorts, industry panel discussions and workshops, Spotlight Awards Gala and Guest Filmmakers, March 7th to 10th at the Van City Theatre, 1181 Seymour Street. For more info, go to www.womeninfilm.ca. This is Sasha Bilal, and you're listening to CRTR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. Hello, hello. International Women's Day continues. Uh, we were just listening to uh, the student executive, Paulette and Josefa, and more. We had a little synth cake interview. Very exciting. And uh, there are a couple of interviews we are going to look at today. The next hour, we're talking about moving our bodies around in various ways. And some of that involves the media. We have, uh, going on right now is the Vancouver International uh, Women in Film Festival from March 7th to 10th. And one of the people that's being spotlighted uh, and uh, is doing uh, a workshop as we speak is Karen Lamb, her filmmaker. And she uh, will be uh, given some sort of award, I believe. It's going to be great. Um, and it's, she's also doing a genre workshop directing horror. Now, Karen Lamb uh, is originally came up in the business side of things as she'll tell you but then she had always been a bit of a horror junkie and she moved into writing or producing and as she says it that's when she hit the artistic glass ceiling so we are going to hear a little bit from karen lamb horror filmmaker and then it is going to be uh, Daphne Chan afterwards talking about her photography project my body is a cage so uh, pl- we are going to listen to a little bit of something that um, she requested. She said she's been listening to a lot of the Clockwork Orange soundtrack, and I thought as a horror uh, that was pretty appropriate. Um, and we have the Clockwork Orange Funeral March of Queen Mary. Seems pretty appropriate. This is International Women's Day on CITR 101.9. And uh, we are a buzz around here getting ready for the Fun Drive finale. So if you want to see some great female talent, uh, please... Come down to Chapel Arts this very evening. Uh, do a little bidding, do a little raffling, listen to some amazing tunes. CITR DJs. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's the conclusion of our fun drive. Hello, this is Rebecca Watson, creator of Skeptic and co-host of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast, and you're listening to CITR 101.9 FM in Vancouver. To make an apple pie from scratch, you must first invent
Karen, thank you so much for coming into CITR and talking to us uh, about the upcoming Women in Film Festival. Thank you for having me. And Karen, would you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your latest project that's going to be highlighted at the upcoming festival? Yeah, I am a filmmaker based in Vancouver. I am a writer, director, and producer. And uh, my short film, The Stolen, is actually playing on Saturday night at the Women in Film Festival at 9 p.m. Now tell us a little bit about The Stolen as a film. And, you know, give us, you know, your standard synopsis. <laughs> but I want to know a little bit about the genesis of the project. Hmm. The Stolen is actually a little dark fairy tale fantasy that I made last year. Um, actually, I think it's, two th- it's 2011. Goodness. Uh, we filmed it in the, in the fall of 2011, and uh, we finished it in 2012. And it's about a little girl who's bullied, and she makes uh, a wish. And basically, uh, the, the wishes ends up with uh, dark consequences. Um, I'm known primarily as a, as a horror filmmaker, so this was a bit of a departure in the fact that I wanted to make something that was really pretty. But funny enough, it's still getting programmed at a lot of horror festivals anyway. <laughs> is it hard to escape that aesthetic? I think so. I think it's actually in, like, it's what I do. So I, I guess whatever I do, it doesn't matter what it is, it ends up a little darker than probably even other people intended. Are you a little darker than you seem then? Uh, very probably. It's, um, <laughs> you, you know, it's well hidden and it's about balance. So I, I think I, I, I'm probably a cheery pessimist and uh, I don't actually sleep in a coffin or, you know, uh, wear bat wings, but uh, it's, it's there. Tell me a little bit about your history with the festival, because you said that you're all over the festival this year, and, and this is your second year. So tell us about the first time that you were featured at the Women in Film Festival. Ah, um, I was featured in the Women in Film Festival last year with my short film Doll Parts, which uh, was a hitchhiking horror film. Basically, it was a fantastic experience. Um, it was uh, just really supportive of the filmmakers. And again, you know, even though it says that it's a women in film festival, I think it really appeals to a lot more than just women. Um, There's just a real breadth of, of talent that was on the screen, and I was really amazed and like I felt so supported out of the the, the festival. Which is this year, um, I'm really lucky to actually be um, teaching a workshop as well, and uh, they've honored me with a artistic innovation uh, spotlight award on Thursday night at the galas. One of the reasons that these festivals exist is because, and, and why days like International Women's Day exist and special programming for women, and that a lot of mainstream media kind of systemically organized, be it the actual business aspect or even just what people are used to aesthetically um, tends to skew male, and, and you tend to get this kind of mainstream preoccupation with male art. So can you tell me a little bit about if you have felt that in your career, or is that something that you that you haven't felt as a female uh, filmmaker? I think when I started in this industry, I, I actually started as a lawyer, and I started in the financing side of things, and as a producer, I never felt the, the glass ceiling. Um, I switched over to writing and directing probably six or seven years ago, and that's when I slammed my head on it. You're right about it being systemic. It's actually not that they actually, and not that the system's set up to not be inclusive, but it's how people read scripts, what we consider, what is a good script, what are the story beats, what is a strong protagonist, you know, those sorts of things end up being, in a lot of ways, by default male. So mm-hmm. I think that that's what happens again and again. And and for me, because I've chosen to really work in the the horror and genre uh, side of things, it's even more so. If you can p- get past those hurdles, what I found is that the audience is very receptive. It's the fact that the system that's in place may not be so, even given the, the fact that through government 
sources and everything, everyone's trying to make things more equal, but what ends up on the screen is actually very, very, very unequal. And uh, all you have to do is look at the Hollywood stats, where we're, I think for feature films, uh, female directors are down to 6% overall. Wow. And when our reality is being given back to us in this sort of way, how on earth do we actually define ourselves? I, I think uh, it's, it's one of the big impetuses for me actually writing and directing and continuing, even when things can be a bit tough. And it's funny because horror, both in terms of producers and consumers, um, is seen, at least stereotypically, uh, to be a very male-dominated but also male-consumed genre. And I think you can really see that in, like, the really hyper-sexualized um, women and, like, all the violence against women. But I love horror. And so tell me a little bit about creating horror that spoke to you as a woman but also you know, was something that was that you thought lots of people could enjoy. Yeah, um, actually, the, it's. Um, I think that it's it's a misnomer that the consumers of horror tend to be male. Mm -hmm, we actually are a huge component of female. When you go to horror festivals, which is where a lot of my films actually play, there's a lot of female horror fans out there, and we're consuming just as much because I think that it still speaks to us. It speaks to some of the our darkest fears. It's out there, and this is a place where we can almost safely watch on, on some levels. As a filmmaker, um, when you're actually dealing with the, the subject matter, you know, there's a there's a fine line that I have to walk. Uh, say I'm doing a rape scene, just how to desexualize something like that, and yet show the real horror of what's actually happening without shying away from it and saying, you know, the the criticism I'll get if I can't show it is that well, you're a woman, you can't direct this sort of violence, you don't know how to do this, or you're too squeamish to do it. And as a fan of the genre, you wouldn't want to skirt around that. But on the other hand, to do the very same thing seems to be wrong to me. So it's about where you put the camera. It's about that identity of where that voice is and where you, the viewer, are actually identifying. Because when I look at uh, horror films, a lot of times the camera is from the perspective of the killer. We stalk our victims. We show, you know, basically how we how we promote that sense of dread and fear is where we put the camera. And as a female filmmaker, I'm cognizant of that. But on the other hand, I'm always trying to see where I can actually play around with it. Like as in, if it's a rape sequence, what if we see the rapist from her perspective instead of watching her squirming on the ground? You know, like how do we actually push the bounds on, the, on that? And uh, it's a big component of what I do as well. It's ironic that anyone would say that a woman couldn't direct a rape scene. Like it seems like a woman would understand the horror of that so strongly not that i mean not that that's not an issue for men as well actually now have you always been a horror junkie i think so what what are some of the 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 pieces that you've loved over time you know it's funny because i think i came to horror from a fairly literary perspective so my first books that i really loved were edgar Allan poe daphne du maurier's rebecca you know all those gothic horror pieces i i always enjoyed reading um and you know even if it came to things like dracula and frankenstein they tended to be from that perspective rather than from the film but my dad was a huge I, well I think he, he took me to my first film and it unfortunately was Jaws and I was like why would you take a five year old to Jaws and he said well you really liked fish so you know I uh, ruined so, that <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know I, I think that in a lot of ways, he never he never treated me like, uh, you know, that girly girl. So I watched a lot of Beheaded Samurai. I watched a lot of Revenge. He, he was a huge Charles Bronson fan. So there's a lot of, like, that sort of film growing up with my dad. And it, it was kind of like the father-daughter bonding moment. So I think in a lot of ways, it's really personal on that level. And then finally, you know, it was still getting into Stephen King and that sort of stuff. And by the time we could sneak in and watch things, I actually started surprisingly with a lot of Canadian classics, like Happy Birthday to Me, mm -hmm. which I love the Shishko 
kebabs, you know, like that cover, you know, is watching uh, Poltergeist and, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of those seminal 80s films that basically they were at their their heyday when, when we basically um, were growing up. So I think that that really informed where I was going to go. And by the time I actually started making films, I really was caught up in, in Asian horror. So I love Ringu and I love Juwan and all of that. And, and to this day, I, I'm really uh, loving what the what the Koreans are doing with serial killer thrillers, you know, and I, I, I just love the artistry of that. And I guess I'm always looking at horror basically as a real film art form rather than treating it like it's a shocky sort of thing. You know, I'm, I don't think I'm capable of doing a found footage piece. It's just not stylistically interesting to me not that I didn't enjoy the Blair Witch Project and you know some of the earlier pieces but I love when it's actually like a a real film like you know to me it's still I think I've seen Clockwork Orange like 16 times you know I I still love those films and it's Kubrick it's Polanski it's you know that sort of just it's I guess it's considered horror but a lot of times it kind of crosses the boundaries into Mm -hmm. into something that pushes pushes us and and pushes the the definitions of what genre actually is. Are there any tropes of uh, the horror genre, um, as you've kind of defined it, that you love or loathe? <laughs> I I actually do love, like, uh, Dull Parts, my short film, is actually a, a play on the hitchhiker theme. We just actually finished uh, wrapping last week on the feature version of that, and so that's what Congratulations. Thank you. We've been working on that, and it's been playing around with the idea, in this case, of the female revenge fantasy, but from my perspective. So it's equal parts samurai film mixed with, you know, kind of gothic horror. What I probably will never do is, is again, the found footage stuff. I just don't know how to do it. You know, it's, you know when it's done really cleverly, I love that. But for me, it's just, I, I think I, I like a pretty frame way too much. So so tell me a little bit about what you've just finished. Ah, the film I just finished is a feature film. We, we shot 18 Days. It's actually the Doll Parts feature film. So it's a female revenge fantasy. A young woman is killed by a group of, I guess I'd call them college sociopaths. And uh, she comes back from the dead to exact her revenge. I, I think it's actually... Part Asian horror, part, I guess, dark fantasy. It's a lot of action. I've never done so many action sequences, and uh, it was just a lot of fun to actually put together. So. It seems like there's been a rise lately in mainstream films about the the female revenge story. I think people are starting to kind of clue in that there's this demographic out there that wants to see themselves in horror and wants to see a little bit of payback for all the years they've been dismembered and kidnapped and, <laughs> and all this stuff. Is there a part of that that kind of story that you think is really necessary to to get it right? These women kind of turn into little little men in mm-hmm. a way. Like as you said, those are kind of the the way that we see serial killers. The way that we see violence is a male violence. I think so. Um, one of the things that we were that I was dealing with when I look at female revenge fantasy is that a lot of times. She's victimized and victimized, and it's 90% brutalization against her to to basically almost earn the last 10%. I, I guess there's a lot of films that I've watched that have actually really just made me angry because that's where it was, which was this is actually a 90% exploitation film just to justify that last 10% that's supposed to make you feel better. And uh, that's what's something I really wanted to avoid in it. In this film, she's killed fairly early on so that we actually see what's going there. But then... And this happens a lot in Asian films. Um, the idea that revenge will eat you up is something that basically we're exploring as well. So it's not just a female revenge fantasy, but the idea of what revenge does to her and the mm-hmm. choices that she has to keep making if she's going to continue down this rather dark path. Revenge films are especially poignant for women because there is such a 
uh, a real statistical lack of justice for crimes against women. Mm-hmm. So if anyone needs to take it into their own hands, you know, you'd, you'd think that would be a, a ripe area for, for that kind of vengeance. Well, you can't look at uh, what's happening worldwide and not feel a real and true anger. I I, I, I only write when I'm really angry, which I don't... Maybe I, that's why it all winds <laughs> up as horror. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm actually really cheery. I, I bake a lot. You know, I, I lead a fairly happy life. But I think when I start reading the newspaper, a lot or I'm on on social media or I'm reading things um, it, it just burns up and so the the film for me is as political as anything I've ever written because it is actually about Vancouver it's about all those missing women it's about the fact that you know in a square block you can actually have 50 60 women go missing and we just disappear. You look worldwide, you know, and just recently, and it's just horrifying. The the, the girls who are gang raped in, in India and in Somalia, and you, you just keep reading this over and over again, and there's no justice. And I think that where I'm expressing it is, is through this film. And I think that, um, you know, I, I'm not saying that revenge is the, is the best way, but we always, you know, women are counseled to turn the other cheek, to suck mm-hmm. it up, to be mm-hmm. strong about this. And a lot of times when you see women in Jeopardy movies, they call them, you know, like the the stuff that that sort of fuels lifetime movies and that it's always she's there to protect her family she's there to protect her daughter she's there to protect you know basically that sort of injustice but rarely does she stand up for herself and in this case she really is coming back to basically avenge her own death mm-hmm. and I, I think that that's something I really wanted to get across it ties into that this year's international theme is about the promise to end violence against women and how it hasn't really worked so it ties in now you are filming a short film on Wednesday tell me about that <laughs> I th- this is all called bad timing which mm-hmm. is why everything's all, all squished together this one is um, and it's actually co-directing with performance artist uh, Lauren Marsden and we were put together by Cineworks and from an arts collective and so it's actually going to be an installation piece and what we're mm-hmm. actually doing is looking at all horror making techniques we're actually lifting the veil on camera techniques what we're going to do so it's actually we're off to the uh, polar bear enclosure at Stanley Park oh, and okay. we're going to take a fairly benign setting and make it into a horror setting just from camera technique and work sort of stuff so we'll be presenting that I think it'll be available online in the next few weeks and then we'll actually do an installation where people can come and actually see the exhibit that we'll put together so it's fun I I guess I live and breathe horror so (laughs) well it seems like you're quite interested in kind of giving back you're not keeping all your secrets to yourself so tell me a little bit about what what value that has for you and and why you're driven to do that? Oh, absolutely. I would not have the career opportunities I've had if I haven't had the mentorship that I've had. I've had the most amazing male and female bosses that took me under wing. And I think that for me, what's really important is that the only reason for us to be writing and directing is so if another young woman will pick up you know, a camera and and make a film herself and tell her story. You know, we have a long way to go. It's, you know, five, six percent. And I'd like to get us closer to at least 50. Mm -hmm. And if 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 I can do any part in that, that's that's what it's about. I always try to do some mentorship if I can. It it really is about just being open about our skills. And uh, one of my first female bosses just gave me the hugest lesson, which was that anytime you learn a skill, it's almost your duty to pass it along so you can learn something else. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's it's not about you keeping this knowledge to yourself, but about really um, sharing and, and taking people under wing. If you wanted to recommend filmmakers and organizations that, you know, you think young women 
out there should check out, uh, be they film-oriented or otherwise. Can you give a few recommendations? Oh, definitely. The um, Women in Film and Television Vancouver obviously is a great resource. I got fantastic training through the Women in the Director's Chair, that's Carol Whiteman's uh, program, that we did through the BANT Centre, and I had 18 days under Kari Skoglund, uh, the director who did 50 Dead Men Walking, and uh, it was fantastic. And so, again, all this female leadership and, and mentorship that I've, I've, I've had... My first 